Well, today is the Sunday of the publican and the Pharisee, and this morning during Orthros, we sang for the first time uh, the uh, the uh, open the hymn "Open to Me, the Gates of Repentance." The first uh, repentant uh, sticker of this uh, hymn goes like this. Open to me, O giver of life, the gates of repentance. For early in the morning my spirit seeks thy holy temple, bearing the temple of the body all defiled. But in thy compassion, cleanse it by thy loving kindness and thy mercy. Uh, so today is this this first of uh, four Sundays of preparation as we are preparing ourselves to enter into uh, Great Lent. Uh, that journey, that 40-day journey of fasting and prayer and almsgiving that takes us to the Feast of Feasts, Pascha. But we don't just jump into it. We have to prepare ourselves for it. Uh, we have to, uh, to move toward it uh, in the inner person of our heart. And uh, so the church, in her wisdom, gives us these four Sundays to reflect on the things that we need to be uh, focused on uh, and implement in our lives if we are to, uh, be, to benefit uh, from, in terms of our salvation uh, during this season that of great length is approaching. Uh, <clears throat> We must keep in mind that the primary focus of our ascetical efforts in Lent are directed towards repentance. Repentance, that, that essential aspect of our movement toward God. Turning away from our sins, agreeing with God about our sins, acknowledging them, taking responsibility for them, putting them in the light, turning away from them. And bringing forth fruit in keeping with that repentance. That's the ticket. It was the same one last year and the year before. And it's going to be the same one every year from here on, believe me. Uh, <clears throat> so repentance, of course, as we've said many times, is the beginning of the gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what St. John the Baptist preached. That's what our Lord preached. And that's what the apostles after Pentecost preached as well. We speak often in the Orthodox Church about repentance, what it is and what it is not. But if we're to benefit spiritually from the acknowledgement of our sins before God, we must come to a place of humility. And that virtue of humility. St. John Chrysostom, as you've heard me say before many times, St. John Chrysostom says that humility is the mother of all virtue. Without humility, we cannot be saved. Uh, and so we must come to this place of humility. In today's gospel, our Lord Jesus Christ con con contrasts the pride of the Pharisee with the humility of the publican. The Pharisee Outwardly, seems to be he seems to have his act together. He gives this laundry list of all of these good things that he's done. They're not evil unto themselves, but he is full of pride. He is full of pride. His observance of the Mosaic law is external. Instead of giving thanks to God for his grace and mercy, he arrogantly proclaims himself to be righteous by deriding the publican. 
<clears throat> Father Schneeman writes uh, of this when he says, I can find it. <clears throat> he writes uh, in uh, his book, Great Lent, if there is a moral quality almost completely disregarded and even denied today, it is indeed humility. The culture in which we live constantly instills in us the sense of pride, of self-glorification, and of self-righteousness. It is built on the assumption that man can achieve anything by himself, and it even pictures God as the one who all the time gives credit, quote-unquote, for man's achievements and good deeds. Humility, be it individual or corporate, ethnic or national, is viewed as a sign of weakness, as something, non, something unbecoming a real man. Father Alexander Schneeman's take on that. <clears throat> this man's righteousness, uh, <clears throat> this, this, public, I mean, this uh, Pharisee's righteousness to God was like filthy rags. He was correct, but he was not righteous. There's a difference. The publican or the tax collector, on the other hand, could not and did not make any self-righteous proclamations. Was he a sinner? Most definitely. Tax collectors often took advantage of people, and they were despised because of it. But we see this sinner having a contrite heart over his sins. He had come to a point of repentance. He became something pricked his conscience, and he knew that he was doing some things and living in certain ways that had to change. And so he confronted those things within himself, and he made that change. He was so convicted before God that he couldn't even raise his eyes to heaven. And out of his humility, we see the essence of the Jesus prayer. O Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, the sinner. Uh, which is the fundamental confession of any sincere Christian. And our Lord said to this man, this dirty, rotten sinner, this despised tax collector, he said of this man that he went to his house justified rather than the Pharisee. The man that was so correct in observing the outward demands of the law, yet never knew the lawgiver. He knew the law, but he didn't know the lawgiver. My friends, if we are to please God and draw near to him, we must honestly and sincerely humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, turn away from our sins back to him. If we do this, if we begin to do this, we will draw closer to God and begin to open our hearts to him and come to know him in a way that transforms us. The question might arise in your mind, will God accept our repentance? And the answer is a resounding yes, because he never stops loving you or me, even when we sin. Even though we fall short of the glory of God, he never stops loving us. He is eager to receive, to, to extol, to uh, grant unto us his forgiveness. But he will not bypass our free will. We're not robots. We're not puppets. We're people made in his image. 
And part of the illness that we have in sin, this illness of sin, is in our will. He wants to heal that as well. To the point where we can truly and honestly, experientially say, not my will, but thy will be done. But we must make room for him in our hearts by removing anything that would keep him from abiding in us. Our consideration of this virtue of humility and of all others is not some cerebral exercise based in our own self-sufficiency. We are called to truly humble ourselves so that the grace of God can be active in us. So let us work diligently on ourselves this Lent, remembering that our sins have been forgiven. Therefore, we owe a debt of gratitude to God. My friends in Christ, as long as we have breath left in our mortal bodies, let us work to purify ourselves of the passions, drawing near to our Lord Jesus Christ in the fear of God and repentance, hum, and in repentance humbling ourselves before him. If we become lax in our attention to our relationship with him and neglect the health of the inner person of our heart, we will fall into pride and lose our way, just as the Pharisee did. We have a Savior who loves us, died for us, and desires to make everything in his kingdom ours. But we must come to him on his terms because he knows our illness and he is the great physician that can bring healing to our souls. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.